welcome to Tea with Coco. I am Coco Lake Chanel. I wanted to talk today about a similar topic I think that's going on a lot at the beginning of the year, which is setting goals and intentions, resolutions for the year. But I wanted to actually look at it from a different angle, and that is habit forming. A lot of times when we're making resolutions, it's about trying to change habits that we're not exactly happy about, that we see an opportunity for us to be living a maybe healthier life or happier life, more balanced life. And I really wanted to look at this idea of habit forming because when we say the word habit, what we're really talking about is an automatic reaction to something, something that is unconscious that you don't think about. So when we're discussing the habits that we have, we're talking about things that we're doing on a subconscious level. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about just the psychology behind habit forming and then the way I am looking at approaching it in 2020. So what is a habit? As we said, it's an automatic reaction to something. But how do we have automatic reactions? What causes it to be automatic? There are triggers that exist or cues that we look at within our life, whether it's a certain time of day or whether it's a stressful moment. We all have triggers that trigger a action, an action, a behavior. Now, the interesting part is a lot of people will think that because they have the triggers and do the action that it's a problem with self-control. But actually, from the research I've done, it's interesting. The frontal lobe that is responsible for self-control, those ideas that we can suppress certain instincts, is actually the first to turn off when we have those habit triggers happen. So it's almost like if you were going to try and practice self-control, you would be fighting twice as hard because that part of your brain, instead of being stimulated, is being repressed by the appearance of these triggers, forcing you to do the action. And what's more is there's a reward system that's set up as a result of the action, right? If we're stressed and you go and eat a cookie or pour a glass of wine, then there's that amazing feeling afterwards that rolls over you, that reward. Okay, I can be calm now. Okay, my stress is alleviated even in some part now. The problem with bad habits is a lot of times after that reward, after that shot of dopamine that we get in our minds, Then we have shame and regret and upset, which a lot of times just is a formulation of a vicious cycle causing us to try to do the habit again because our own stress and shame is triggering it. Yep, the human mind, folks. What a wonderful thing we get to have rolling around up in there. So what we're talking about is rewiring the mind. Now, a lot of people consider habits that they want to break instead of habits that they want to make. So my thought moving forward with some of the things that I want 
to accomplish in 2020 and how habits can help me get there is to not think about the habits that I am not happy with in my current life, but how to establish new habits that I am happy with and seeing if that rewiring can then replace some of the old habits naturally because I will have formed a new one. Now, definitely easier said than done. And when I was looking into habit forming and how long it takes to form a habit, it's varied. I mean, that idea of 21 days you can form a new habit is myth busted so many times over that it's it's not even uh, part of the, the lexicon um, from the psychological standpoint anymore. Now, generally, from what I've seen, the, the best study I saw was from the European Journal of Psychology, and it's been cited in a lot of the other sources that I've read about this. And it estimates that it takes 18 to 254 days. So that's a wide variance in order for a habit to form. Um, the average, of course, of that being 66 days. So, you know, two months is the average, but it can take anywhere. And that's where what the habit is really matters. So there's a large difference mentally as well as, you know, physically between trying to ensure that you drink a glass of water every morning when you get up before you have coffee versus wanting to lace up your running shoes at five o'clock in the morning every morning and run two miles. So our, our minds, even though we try to trick them that those are the same things, they're both habits, it knows that there is a big differentiation between the effort we have to put in and if we'll get that same reward system, that same feeling of completion after the action and how much exertion it will take for us to complete that action. So I think when we are considering what habits we want to try to form to take the place of some of our bad ones, really setting those ideas in our mind of what we feel we can be successful with is imperative because if you set yourself up for not being able to complete that habit every day that human mind is going to kick back into that stress that shame that frustration which in turn will force us to go back to old habits very quickly because of that trigger action reward system we we all want to be rewarded that release of dopamine that we get is so essential to our daily lives and doing that with bad habits versus good habits is very very difficult so I will say try try to be very reasonable with the things that you want to achieve I think about it kind of like um, treating yourself you know training my dog Belle it was so interesting for me that I had never had this experience before of watching a being go from absolutely no habits to me taking part in helping them 
have a lot of established habits. I don't have human children, so I never saw that developmental process that humans go through other than going through it myself, which obviously I was not (laughs) self-aware enough to really analyze and review that developmental process. But with my dog, I saw the system we're discussing right now in action. So a behavior that we were going to do, like I trained her to ring a bell by the door every time she needed to go to the restroom so that if I was someplace else in the house, she could alert me without any other type of unwanted noise or scratching or, you know, just sitting there waiting for me to notice and then I feel bad. So what we did was first just ring the bell and get treats, ring the bell and get treats, ring the bell and get treats. And then she liked ringing the bell. And then we established the second part of the behavior, which was that ringing the bell meant we went outside and we went to the bathroom. And when we did that, we got another treat. So again, this is trigger, which is ringing the bell, action, going outside, and then reward. So That step-by-step process on how you start to slowly form habits, I think is actually a very interesting lesson that I've wanted to apply to my life. So one of my goals that I am looking at for 2020 is I want to incorporate a very small stretching and exercise routine in the morning. So I would like to do a couple of yoga poses every morning just to stretch myself up because I do spend so much time on the computer and I usually exercise in the middle of the day whether it's running or hiking with Belle or just going for a walk or going to yoga or going to spin class so I have that break kind of set up in the middle of my day and you know that is again a habit now so I know I have it blocked out I always do something during that time so I want to have that same type of self-care routine habit in the morning and the evenings before I go to bed to really round out my day. Now, I already have a very established morning routine. You know, get up, wash face, put on the hot water for French press coffee, drink my water while the French press is brewing, And then I go and sit with Belle and read the news and look at my schedule and, you know, look at the day before I get started. And I'm there for about half an hour. So that is established, like done. I don't think about it. In fact, in preparing for this podcast and really evaluating what I did every morning, it's funny because I missed a lot of things and had to go back and think, oh, no, I do that in between there. And I do that every single day, unconscious, just like putting your seatbelt on when you get into a car, unconscious habit. So it's hard to identify those things because we've moved past um, being able to consciously, again, going back to the self-control idea, um, think about them and they're just burned into our everyday. So adjusting or adding to, supplementing, changing those habits can be very, very difficult because the first part is you have to identify what you're currently doing and what are current habits. So I'm trying to decide how to tiptoe my way into this instead of dramatically changing my 
morning routine and my evening routine in turn, I want to try to just add one small component of it and do that for a month and add another small component of it and do that for a month and see if those small components that I'm adding become part of the overall good habit that I want to form for myself. Very similarly to my morning routine, my evening routine is very solidified. I have brushed my teeth and washed my face and brushed my hair every single night before going to bed. I cannot tell you a time I haven't in the past you know, 31 years that I've been here, almost 32 next week. And I don't think about it. Even when I have had so much fun and libations, I don't think I've ever not dragged myself in there and done that. And I don't think about it. In fact, it took a friend, you know, mentioning it to me for me to even realize. So adding something, altering something to that routine is going to be very, very difficult. Especially if that means that you are having to take longer to do something. I think the time element, especially in the morning, can be very difficult because if you want to add something in the morning, there's really a finite amount of time that you have with your current sleeping schedule. So if you want to add something, that means you're going to either have to get up early or take something out of your current routine and replace it with this, which can be very difficult because getting up earlier, establishing a different sleep habit is going to be just as difficult as changing a bad habit. And I'm sure we've all had those experiences where you're so gung-ho about doing it. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do 15 minutes of yoga. I'm going to do some, you know, sun salutes. And I'm going to have a wonderful morning. And it's feel great, be great. And then that 15 minutes earlier, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when your alarm goes off because you haven't naturally woken up 15 minutes earlier, I wake up within the same five minute window every day now, regardless of Monday or Saturday, same time period. And those 15 minutes, oh, when you, when you hear it and you know, I could, I could stay in this little warm cocoon of happiness and just do my normal routine. And it feels so nice and I don't want to. And then what you've set up for yourself mentally is that doing this new habit is taking away from something that brings you pleasure. Cuddling in bed, staying in that warm cocoon. And so now it's about deprivation rather than about reward. So really finding a way to mentally and physically add those good habits without going into that deprivation space, which is, I think, a recipe for success with anything that you want to do. So what can we do to retrain ourselves? Well, again, every habit and person is different, but I think that there's a real opportunity for you to take small changes and not 
completely stop doing a habit that you don't like, but just as you would with a, you know, a child or a dog learning brand new behavior, take these small steps and very good rewards for you to slowly add, alter, change habits that you aren't having. We all know the great benefits of having good habits. Your mood, feeling in control, having more energy, and of course, longevity and health longevity. So being healthy for longer. So our big takeaways. First, identify some of your current habits so you understand the flow of trigger action reward. Again, these are things we do unconsciously, so it's very interesting for us to self-evaluate and understand our triggers, understand our cues that we're subconsciously picking up on and then making those things actionable. And what type of rewards do we get from those? And is it part of a vicious cycle that makes us upset and feel like we are shameful? So first thing I would say, Identify some of your current habits from trigger to reward and back again. Second, make a list of some very small and obtainable alterations or new habits rather than spending time focusing on the bad habits you want to break. Focus on the changes that you want to make positively or the new habits that you want to form. Again, positive thinking versus that negative self-shame feeling. Very different mentality and approach to it. And then the third, make sure they are small enough to be actionable. I think we all want to feel like we're being successful and ensuring that we've just added a little bit not too much so that it doesn't feel like this big undertaking, but something that's obtainable, I think will help not only in integrating it into your current flow without being disruptive, like without making you get up earlier or without changing too much. And then the reward that we get from feeling accomplished, that we have added something new, is is going to overwrite or hopefully I'll, I'll check back in with you guys, but I'm hopeful it's going to overwrite some of those self-doubt and upset feelings that we get from continuing to do habits that we aren't happy with. So for 2020, my goal is to add a stretching and meditative and physical activity to my morning and my evening so that I have three points throughout the day where I am taking the time to be kind to my body and hopefully I can train myself as easily as I trained my dog Belle. We'll see. Her brain might be better wired than mine. As you all know, I like to end every episode with a little lanyap and what I wanted to do today was give you guys a recipe for one of my staples in the house, which is homemade bone broth. And talking about habits, I know one of the resolutions and habits that a lot of people want to form is cooking more at home. And so many recipes call for chicken stock or chicken broth. And the ones in the store, as we all know, are just 
not even close to being as good as the homemade. Not talking just flavor-wise, but nutritionally as well. Completely different beast. And don't even get me started on the bouillon. No, don't use it. So I thought I would give you guys my recipe for bone broth. I have this on hand 100% of the time. As you guys know, maybe from listening to my podcast on outdoor vegetarianism, I do not eat meat outside of the home and I'm very picky about where I get my meat in the United States. So I like to make sure we waste not whatnot and use every part that we can and really um, be respectful of both our um, dollars that we've spent um, putting into buying good and left over to make a beef stock. It would be pretty much the same. So we start with the bones of either chicken or beef or turkey. After Thanksgiving, we make a great turkey stock. So again, whatever you have, let's do it. And then you're going to add Trinity, which is celery, carrots, and onions. In Italy, they call this a sofrito. uh, And in New Orleans, they call it the Holy Trinity. So again, quantities and amounts really just I always use what I have on hand I have baby carrots a lot of the time because I use them you know as a snack with hummus um so you can buy Trader Joe's has a meal pot which already has them all diced for you they don't have to be diced again it's like really rough chop is just fine and that's the same with the celery and the onion. Now with the celery, a lot of people chop off that bottom part of the celery where like the root was and throw that away. But huge mistake, that's where so much of the nutrients and flavor comes from. So what I do is usually get a bunch of celery, chop that bottom root part off and you know quarter it and throw it in there and then go into the middle of the celery and grab where all those leaves are. Uh, you know, once you get to that middle part of the celery where they get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then I trim off the tops and I throw all of that in the stock pot. And then I have beautifully cut little celery pieces that I can throw in the fridge for my ants on the log cravings that I get sometimes. And with the onion, again, it's something I usually have on hand. I used in dinner last night, and so I just chop up what is left. Just remember with onions, when you're chopping them, try not to chop the root first, especially if you're not gonna use the entire onion, because if you chop the root, not only is it gonna expel way more of those chemicals that make our eyes water, but it's not gonna stay fresh. Um, for as long as well. So if you are going to only use part of an onion, make sure you cut the top part off first and leave that root intact. Then I add um, a couple of peeled garlics. And again, this is to taste. So you know, I hate to say add two garlics and you know, you only have one or whatever, just whatever you have on hand. And I put some peppercorns in there, some whole peppercorns. If you don't have whole peppercorns, throw some ground pepper in there and a little bit of salt. And what you're gonna wanna do is put all of those in a pot, fill it to the brim with water, and bring it to a boil. And you're going to wanna boil this for probably 10, 15 minutes, and then turn it down to a simmer, put that lid on, and yet just let it go for as long as you want. You can do it before you go to sleep and have it be bubbling all night. Wake up to the smell of beautifully made stock. I 
just did one this morning because I used the very last bit of my previous made stock last night and I have a recipe for a mustard cream cognac sauce that I am making tonight very excited about that requires some chicken stock so I had saved the bones from a previous meal that Charles and I had I stuck them in the freezer for when I was out of the next chicken stock and I pulled them out this morning and put everything else in there and it is bubbling away so by the time we start dinner around seven o'clock tonight it should be just perfect well that is it for this week's episode of tea with coco i hope you all enjoyed please make sure to rate and review us five stars and until next time laissez les bons temps relais and everyone have a great day